the famous Ocala picture with me like hanging outside of my van. And I, you say, you say something to me. You're like, you just don't learn, do you? And I'm just like, man, I'm like really hurting, Corey. Well, I think I apologized to you. I said, I'm sorry. And you said, <laughs> don't fucking apologize to me. You saw the fear of God, man. Episode 132, Tank Slapping Podcast. Got an interview pod lined up. This one's a long time coming, honestly. It's uh, it's a guy I've known for a really long time. And scaling back on some notes for this pod, I'm like, holy shit, I've known this guy a long time. Uh, so we got Ryan Wells on the pod. We're going to bring him on a little bit. Really stoked to have Wellsy on. I'm going back through the notes. The dude's co- accomplished a lot of really, really cool things in the sport. He's got a lot of personality. We're going to have some fun, a lot of fun stories. I have a special guest coming on later to also chime in on this interview pod. The fans are going to love it. So we'll get into that as well. Before we start the pod, the interview, I want to make sure we shout out Mission Foods, title sponsor, Tank Slap Podcast. If you can support Mission Foods, go buy the products. Really amazing products. Tasty, too fast, too tasty, to be honest. They're good products. Check them out. If you can't get them uh, at your local grocery store, look them up online. Support those who support the industry. Also want to give a shout out to Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website, yamahamotorsports.com. Motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile, and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. Blue crew, baby. Blue crew. So with that being said, let's dip right into this sucker. On the pod right now, Ryan Wells. What's up, brother? going on man i guess it finally uh i've been begging you for about what six months now finally got me on <laughs> dude i honestly had no idea you weren't on at this point when i when you mentioned it i was like wait you've never been on so it's uh damn man yeah long long time coming honestly and excited for this one when i started jotting down notes i'm like oh this is this is gonna be cool man we got a lot to talk about what's what's new with you where are you at right now <clears throat> just that uh JL10 facility here in Center Hill, Florida, living the camper life. I've never been a, a camper a day in my life, never even been camping really, unless it was like stopping at my sister's campsite for the weekend. And I uh, bought a camper and I'm fully amongst it now. So, uh, yep, just enjoying the simple life. Did you, uh, you know how to do the like drain the water, black water, gray water, all that fun shit. Like did, how long did that take you to figure out? Cause it took me a little bit of time. So I figured it out. Well, luckily like at Johnny's, you know, like there's a few people that camp here. So I came down here blind completely. Didn't even have a hose. Actually, I still don't even ha- have a hose. I think I borrowed one of the million ones that John has at his site. Um, but luckily people could help me out and stuff. And I wouldn't even really consider this camping because like I have full water hookup and everything and it definitely pampers you. We went to Georgia and that was the first time I actually used like my water tank to shower and stuff. I don't think I'd want to do that full time, but when you're hooked up to water and electric, it's pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of sucks, honestly, when you're like, when I was camping in our motorhome and stuff with my dad, it was like, turn off the water every time you're like soaping up. And yeah. when you're doing this, it's like, man, I got to turn off the water. And it's definitely and not I'm a as prima enjoyable. donna in the shower. So yeah, it's not as enjoyable when you're showering in a motorhome as it is just doing your own thing in your own shower. But yeah, that's, 
that's cool, man. That's awesome for you. And obviously we'll talk about your current state of affairs with the Royal infield team and living at the JL 10 compound moto anatomy. But I want to go back a little bit. Like we don't go far into, you know, everybody's amateur days too much, but we like to talk about it. And mm-hmm. I knew you as an amateur rider from New York I started hanging out with you, man, you were young. Like when you started coming around and hanging out, you were really independent at a young age. And I think it really helped your career, but 2007 AMA youth rider of the year. So for reference, 2007 is when I won my first pro race and you were winning youth, youth rider of the year. So 85 CC days, what was that like? And who were some of the guys you raced with riders? You're obviously you're from Buffalo ish area, upstate New York. So talk about your youth riding days. So like, man, it's crazy. Cause like, I don't, I didn't really do a whole, whole, I mean, we did a lot of racing when I was on little bikes, but eighties were kind of my, I guess like breakthrough year kind of, um, that was also like right around the period that we met the Rispoli's. Um, and I became really good friends with James and stuff. So obviously everybody knows like the cool skunk bikes and, uh, and stuff like that. So I got to ride those a bunch, but yeah, 85 were when my dad started taking me to the amateur nationals. I only went to amateur nationals one other time before that 2007 year. Um, and that was in 05 and it was crazy. Cause like then they had like, I don't know how it is now actually. So there was a seven to 11 mod and then the nine to 13 DTX. So that year I would have been. I think nine years old, um, on 85 and I was racing JD beach and Mikey Martin and stuff like that. It was like in, in PJ on Springfield half mile. So it was pretty crazy. And then the year I actually won you third track of the year, it was me, Jake Lewis. And it was the, the three of us that was going to be was Ethan Gillen before he, you know, unfortunately passed away and stuff like that earlier on in the year. But that was kind of the three guys all through the winter and stuff that I grew up, you know, battling with. And when I, cause I'd travel to the Ducoin indoors a bunch and do as many of the Ohio races that I could to kind of be relevant because <clears throat> around my area, like there wasn't like a whole lot of guys traveling around the country racing 85. So fortunately my dad did, but we had to travel to Kentucky, Illinois and race with those kids to do it. So my youth third track of the year year was me, Jake Lewis, like I said, um, but man, on eighties, I raced Mikey Martin, PJ, JD. There was a handful of kids that really were fast on eighties. I'm glad I didn't have to race them for your third track of the year. Cause they were bad. At it. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. The list of guys you just mentioned. And it's actually crazy. You talking about Ethan, just wondering, man, like where would he be now? Cause uh, he was so talented and it was, it was really cool watching him grow up and and race and it's it's such it, it still hits home just thinking about that that circumstance but for reference was i guess he's probably the same age as you and right or is he a little bit younger I mean, well actually so he's he's a little so i actually grew up racing with hayden too he i think he was doing more of the road race thing when i was like when it would have been like the year to go for youth third track of the year um together but like ethan was two years below us and like but not like caliber wise. Like it was insane. Like he was the third kid, just not age wise. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know how he would have been if we were the same age, but I knew then he was a bad little, little shit. So (laughs) yeah, man, he was, yeah, yeah. Do we definitely miss Ethan? So that's, that's cool to hear that you uh, mentioned his name, but you mentioned PJ and some of those guys. And man, I still feel like PJ is probably 
I don't know how you feel or whatever, but he's, I've seen a lot of really good kids ride eighties like yourself, Matt Weedman, Tyler Scott, Sadhoff. There's been some really good kids on eighties and PJ, he was just unreal on an 80. And I still tell people that I don't really talk to PJ too much anymore, but I grew up with him and watching him on eighties, he would go to like the local Lembo Lake up in New York and he would like beat the pros on 80 on an 80. So yeah. It was... My my biggest moment that I remember, it was like pretty much like the first time I ever, like I said, I didn't go to amateur nationals a whole, whole lot when I was younger. So like my, the first moment I remember going to amateur nationals, um, it would have been that 2005 year, but I think it must've been like the, the class that I wasn't in. Um, and PJ and JD were on Springfield short track on 85s. And it was the gnarliest thing I'd ever seen. It, you would have known they were on 85 if you, if you didn't know any better. It was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, good time. Shana raced those guys a little bit as well. She was a little bit older, but she battled with JD. And then Steven Vanneker, he had like a 1963 CR80 that was so fast. It was so clapped out looking, but it was so fast. And I remember Shana would kind of kind of battle with them. But those were that was a fun era, man. It was It's cool to hear and mention some of those names on mini bikes. It's definitely different now. I mean, it's, it's a little different, but back then just I'm so glad I got to go to amateur nationals during all that stuff. It was it's yeah. just so much different than, I mean, I don't know how, how kid, I mean, I'm sure the kids love it just as much now going when they're that age, but man, back then was much, different. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Amateur nationals. I mean, everybody was swimming in the pool and you know, the off days and the trophies, the trophies back then were so badass. I mean, I have, I have a ninth place trophy. I mean, I have some, I have some first and seconds too, but I have a ninth place trophy. That's it's freaking huge. It's a big trophy yeah. for ninth place. You'd leave, you would leave amateur <clears throat> nationals and you'd have to have like a second trailer to haul away all the trophies. And it's, it's one yeah. thing with, with Cruz right now. He's like, man, why don't I get any trophies like these? He looks at all mine in the basement. I'm like, bro, I don't know. Like trophies <laughs> now it's like a hundred hours for like a one foot trophy, but yeah, no, that's... I don't think it was much after me that it started to taper off. I think there was like two years after me when it was still pretty like kind of like that. But I fortunately, I think I just just barely squeaked in that time frame. So, yeah, yeah, really cool, really cool era. So you didn't for some reason, bro, I'm sorry, but I thought you won the Horizon Award. But then I got I dipped into it a little bit and you did not, I don't think, because it wasn't on your like stat no. sheet. And I think Briar won it that year. Is that right? Yep. So my, so I was, I'm technically like a year younger race wise than Briar. So growing up in New York where I raced and stuff like racing in Canada was a big thing. So like my dad and mine theory and like him, I've like Phil was like helping guide me too um, with racing back then. So um, their plan was for me to go for horizon Award technically a year younger. So I was 14. So I could go pro in Canada, which you only have to be 15 in Canada to do. So yeah, the three guys I think that it really came down to that year that I didn't win it was me, Briar, and then Hayden Gillum um, were the three kind of favorites, I guess you would say. I don't even know if I was a favorite, but I know I was one of the guys that it came down to. Um, but yeah, obviously Briar, they definitely made a, a pretty good decision. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember though, like you were strong. I mean, I think you won. You won most of the half miles, and obviously you did. You did really well. well I'll never let Briar live it down that I, I kicked his ass in all the half miles. So. <laughs> Mountain Dews and everything. Just throwing exactly. them back. 
Who in my Lancaster Harley uh, leathers? Oh yeah, those bigger. things were hideous. Yeah, they were hideous leathers. <laughs> I yeah, remember. And you- I had my my Red Bull graphics off of uh, eBay on my on my Honda. You gotta yeah, love I, it. I think we all had some stupid shit that we uh, wore or thought were cool back then. That that definitely look at now. It's like Ugh, I don't know what I was thinking, but the uh who won it the year year after like who won it the next year that you would have been the same age was that bromley that he went it next the following year or? so it what well, i don't know exactly it might have it had to have been bromley i think because me and him were the same age. age i believe there yeah. was a group there that i don't kind of i mean i just once i didn't win it, i didn't really care anymore to be honest so i think it was like i know vander Cooley went for it like a year or two after me um uh, Jeffrey Lowry, one uh, maybe he won it the year after me. No, it had to have been Bromley. There was a lot of guys who won it who don't really race anymore. I mean, the first few years, everybody that won it, they actually went on to have pretty successful pro careers, like every single one. And then there was a time frame, like about about right after your era. And it's not a knock on the guys. I don't even know offhand who won it or who didn't, but there was a, a bunch of guys riders who don't even race anymore. And and I've had this like conversation on here before, like, and obviously I work with amateur racers and, you know, sat off a, a few years back and now Evan Renshaw and some other kids I help out. But yeah, I mean like go try to win the award, but I mean, if you don't win it, it's, there's a lot of riders who finished runner up for the horizon award or not even runner up who've gone on to have mm-hmm. pretty solid pro careers. So yeah, it's uh Yep. Yeah, there was a few years like I there's a couple kids that wanted that I yeah, like you said, I don't think race anymore. And then there's kids that yeah, yeah, that haven't wanted that are doing pretty damn well. So Yeah, yeah. It's just one of them one of them things. It's not a make all break all award, but yeah, I, I, mean, it's, I it's sure cool. thought it was when it when it happened though, boy. <laughs> oh, everybody did back then. I mean, I remember Bronson showing up the one year and he had thirty six bikes and it was it was a full fat. I mean, even Briar, like Briar. I mean, everybody kind of oh, got yeah. a bunch of buy extra bikes, and it was all I in for. My, a, we brought everything. People let lent them to us from our area in New York. I brought some of Luzak's two strokes down. Like I, we brought as much as we could bring from Western New York. Yeah. You know, I think we had eight bikes, and then we showed up, and we looked like a privateer team compared to to Briar and what they brought down. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rod Lake, man, he was a big supporter of the of the Bauman boys when they were amateurs, and no expense spared for sure, but no, that's, uh, it's cool to talk about obviously. And then, so the transition from horizon award to like pro singles, GNC to whatever the hell they called it back then you were, I, I don't know exactly when your rookie year was, was it 2012? I know you won a race your rookie yep. year. Is that right? Okay. Talk about that a little bit. Yep. So yeah, my train, like I, like I said, I went pro in Canada and my year after going for the horizon award and just roast race with a lot of fast, like cushion guys, you know, obviously. So, um, got a good, a lot of good experience, but yeah, so 2012 was my rookie season. Um, I rode for Weirbox. Um, I rode for Dick. I'm glad I got the year of experience with him, but we went to round one and obviously I think every kid, at least I did. I mean, my dad convinced me that I could win any race that I want entered, you know, as a, as a kid. And he was, he was good for that. So we went to round one at Daytona. I didn't even qualify. I missed the cut by one. Um, I think Derek Kirsch is the one that out qualified me. He was the 32nd guy back then. Um, out of <laughs> old shit, Derek. 65, 
Yep, out of the 65, 70 guys that were there that year. Um, so then it had to have been probably like 30, 40 minutes before tech closed. Um, I asked Dick if I could roll my personal bike out that they'd help me set up basically for the winter. Um, if I could ride that for the second day. And I actually, so I won the second day by, well, whatever it was, the main event. So didn't make the and cut. And then didn't then win won the, won the yeah. second day. That's sick. And it, it's actually funny because Garrett Kelly won the first night and then Shayna bumped him out of the main the second night. No way. And that's that's of, crazy. Yep. That's like and Daytona that's kind of like in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. No kidding. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like my championship guy for that year. So. Um, I mean, I did, I had a couple good podiums and stuff. And at one point I was like second in a championship with like five races to go. I believe, I think, uh, well, I don't think I know it was Steven Vandeker at the time was leading the points. Um, and, um, it was like me, him, Jake Shoemaker and Jason Eisenach going for it kind of. And I crashed, um, at Springfield short track, broke my collarbone. So I was out for the season. So that was what put my first year championship hopes to rest. But yeah, man, I didn't know you were in it that long, but I do remember those two guys kind of going for it that year. It was Shoemaker and Eisenach. And at the time I didn't like Shoemaker at all. So I was rooting for Eisenach. <laughs> he was my boy, but Shoemaker and Eisenach were both from, from district six. So it was cool that they both were going for going for it. Actually, no, somebody else won it then. That was they were going yeah, for Vanneker, second. Vanneker won it. Okay, but they were they were battling for second, I remember. And yeah, that was that was those were good times. I didn't know that was your rookie year. I guess that makes sense. All the years kind of blend together back then. Cause that was like right after my dad I, was so mad at me. I was breaking like, your collarbone. Cause, cause Vanneker, well, just because I was like five points out of the points lead at that point behind Vanneker, and Vanneker ended up crashing or breaking or something, so he was out of the main event. And I was like rolling around in fifth, like no problem. And then just like three laps to go, I tried to, I think I tried to stuff Shoemaker actually. And I had the biggest high side of my life. And he was just like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would have been sick your rookie year to win the championship, but I mean, wasn't meant to be, but the following year you were runner up. So that was obviously a good sophomore year. Was that the year Wyatt McGuire, Wyatt McGuire won? Yep. So well, my, my whole pro singles career, I mean, my dad's and my plan was to go GNC one or twins, like the second year I raced. So obviously that didn't happen. But yeah, my second year, we went to Pomona. Well, no, it was went about in Santa Rosa then. Um, and I was five points out of the lead with McGuire was leading the points and there was two races to go, obviously Santa Rosa and Pomona. And something happened to Wyatt where he either crashed or broke and kind of the same deal. Like, so I was me and J.R. Addison were running first and second in the main event. And all I had to do was really like finish kind of, and I would have been points leader. And doesn't it start misting or raining in that year in Santa Rosa and they oh, yeah. red flagged the race and they gave everybody one point. So then I went to the last round Pomona five, five points down, had to win the race pretty much. And J.R. Addison put the biggest spanking on me. Won the race. Yeah. I remember that, that actually. Oh, by like a half a track. Like he was so gone. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and how kind of like not a knock on Wyatt McGuire, but I never would have thought he would have won a championship. Like he was always a solid top ten, top five guy, but that year he he rode like really consistent and smooth. He did so good that year. Yeah, like, he, he never good. missed a beat really. 
Nah, just consistent. And, and yeah, no, I mean that it's just crazy to look back on and all the different riders who have won GNC two championships. It's, you know, every year there was like a different, a different guy, a different, you know, and they didn't win back to back ever pretty much, you know, it was just somebody knew somebody no. knew. So, uh, but Dallas moving the first one to do it, that was like kind of, yeah, it was like recent. To... yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, going back to your singles career, then bumping up through a, f- a few years, pressing the fast forward button, you won the GNC two championship in 2016, which I remember very well because that was a really good year for me. That was kind of like my own breakthrough year. I, I had a couple good, really good results mm-hmm. in the GNC one class, and then you were crushing it in GNC two and won your first championship with Craig Parkinson and and those guys. And those bikes at the time were were so so good, and they looked awesome, and oh, yeah. they had a really good program. And you were really good that year as far as your speed and lap times and i want to say you i want to say you you'd wrapped it up a race or two early which is hard to do yeah and it's so crazy like i did i wrapped it up two races to go and because that it was the year that like the singles guys rode twins on all the miles you know so we rode 450s on everything but then like the four miles we raced we rode twins but it's so funny like the way i look back on like everything that because obviously you know every decision like can have two different routes in your you know, your racing career or as many routes as it can have or whatever. Um, and like, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I actually had like leathers designed, like a contract in my emails, like everything to race for Bill Warner that year, like was like pretty much like a week away from it being like a 100% done deal. And literally out of nowhere, like I got a phone call from Craig Parkinson and that's like how it all like just came about within like 12 hours, my whole, obviously everything changed. But it's just crazy to think if that would have been my the route that I chose, it would have been like a whole different whole different story to Did tell. Did you bail so, on Bill? Was he pissed? <laughs> he wasn't pissed. He actually was like, because I talk, I mean I'm pretty good about talking to people and you know being pretty upfront. And he completely was like cool with it because I think he understood what I was trying to do. Because I always wanted to win this, the singles champ. I just felt like I was so close for so many years. Like I just always felt that I just you know, could have put it together, but just never was able to. So I knew that was my last chance. And I didn't think not riding for Bill Warner is going to make or break me. So yeah, that's what, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Bill, but his, some some of his stuff was kind of wonky in his later years. I mean, it was, uh, but the bikes would have been good. I mean, you, but man, I mean, Parkinson bikes back then, that was the team you wanted to be on. I mean, they were my whole life. Yeah, they were very underrated and how good their equipment was. And I got to ride one of their bikes actually a couple of times. I think I rode, I don't remember what races they were, but I always did well and I rode his bikes as well. And and Craig's a good guy. Actually, I haven't talked. Have you talked to Craig in a while? It's been a minute since I've talked to him. Yeah, it's been a good few months, but I, I kept in touch with him for quite a bit. Um, but he's just doing his thing. I, I guess I, I talked to, because obviously Brent works for me or works for Johnny now. So yeah, like. I guess Brent says he's just absolutely shredded out of his mind right now. Just been in the gym every day, just oh, really? just training his ass off. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I like it. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So 12, 13, 14, 15, you had four solid years in the singles class. You paid your dues and 
and won the won the singles championship. So really cool or not it no sorry fuck it wasn't called the singles it was singles and twins what do you think of that man like like the championship i don't know the, the name thing the name thing sucks for me because i can't technically say i won an aft singles championship which obviously now like for anybody wondering like when i tell people i won the gnc2 championship it doesn't even sound like a professional championship you know so like but i liked it because i felt like i was I've always wanted to be on a twin. So it, it helped me a lot. And I mean, we're no, it's not like a secret to anybody. I had the baddest twins. I mean, I had the baddest twins out of a lot of twins guys. So like, I definitely had an advantage there. Yeah. So but it, played, it was I cool. my favor, but yeah, I mean, it was cool though, because you got to, you know, you guys were doing the same thing we were doing, but just in a different class. So it's, you know, yeah. if anything, it, it should validate it more because you were, you had to be more diverse. Like you couldn't just be yeah. a good singles guy. You had to, had to know how to ride a twin as well. So, yeah. you know, that was the one thing I do wish though, cause I, so I don't, I don't know if you even know this. So still to this day, I have yet to win a mile on a four fifty. So like going into that year, I was so fired up to get, get to ride Craig's 450s on the mile. I'm like, oh, these dudes ain't gonna touch me. And then we had we rode twins. I'm like, shit. That's kind of so crazy. I, I didn't know that. I would if somebody asked me if Wells, true or false, Wells has won a mile, I would have said true. <laughs> Just I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, and I feel like a good miler on a 450. I've had fucking six uh, second places by half a bike length. <laughs> That's but, crazy. Probably half yeah. more. Half of them were to Shana. So. Yeah, Shana. Between Shana and Mikey Rush on the Honda. Yeah, that's about all of them. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so we actually did quite a bit of traveling together. I don't even know what year that what years that were. I think it was 2014, dude. Yeah, 14. We went we we went out west. They threw us in a truck together. Me, you, and and uh, old Moon Rocks, Cody Johncox, and we went. Yep. We drove out to was it Elma, Washington, and I still. I have like a couple, obviously a lot of memories from that trip, but two that stand out is I would always stop to like eat lunch and you were always like, why are we stopping? I'm like to eat. And you're like, you're like, I never stopped to eat. I just get something at the gas station and keep going. I was like, well, fuck dude, I'm, I'm stopping to <laughs> eat. You're like, jerky. I'm on my way. well, it's just crazy. You had no money. You're like, well, I don't have any money for food. I'm like, oh shit. Like it was such a, like back then it was a bunch of dirt trackers literally living the dream. And yeah, just the whole the whole trip out out. I I kept stopping. You're like, I'm running out of money. Freaking Corey stops for for lunch and dinner all the time every day. So, and then right. uh, and then we'd stop at like rest stops and we would like jog around the rest stop just to get a workout in on the trip. And I mean, it was fun, dude. It was a a really cool experience. It is got- fun. It's crazy to think that it was me, you, and Cody Johncox, and then we ended up staying with the Bowmans for so super long, and or probably like a week or two or whatever when we got to California and stuff. It is crazy. It's crazy how fast time flies because that was literally almost a decade ago. I mean, it was. I know. You know. We're going on nine years since since that happened, but yeah, fun times. I mean, we've we've traveled. I mean, I look back at old photos from like twelve to fourteen, and we actually hung out quite a bit. I mean, I. I go back in my Instagram, uh, like the archives, dude, it's, it's pretty bad, but I go back in the archives and there's a lot of Wellesy photos with the long hair and the white sunglasses yeah. and you had gauges too, right? You have gauges in your ear, like white gauges. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, so there's like, I don't do a lot on Facebook, but I do check my memories and birthdays pretty much every day when I get on Facebook and the past couple of days, they've been the ones when I was like hanging out with Stumpy and you guys a bunch. And I was wearing them stupid like 
man capris and I had my bleached long hair. Just, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, what was I doing? I, was, I think we were getting ready to race the the Lampeter short track. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that popped up. I that popped up just like the other day, and we're yeah. all standing in the kitchen, and Miriam was there, and man, we, I, yeah. I, had, I had quite a few beers that night. I remember racing. That was when we raced Lampeter the next night, and Colton Smith was running into everybody. Yep. And, and Briar yells out, "Nice O'Neill gear!" And and we look over at Chad; he's fully fucking decked out in O'Neill gear too. <laughs> I know. Oh man, yeah, those are we. Man, we could we could go on for. Uh, I know it's crazy. Like when you, yeah, yeah, hours and hours. Uh. We'll dip back into that a little bit, but going through a little bit more kind of given like the elevator pitch of your career here, you went up to the twins year in 17 and you are a twins rookie of the year in 2017. I actually forgot you won that award. You, you, you had a really good twins year and this is without any notes at all. I know you got a fourth. I want to say it was Charlotte or Lima. One, of, I know they're two fucking yeah, completely Charlotte. different tracks, but I know you got you had a good finish at one of those tracks where you got a fourth, which is incredible. You rode for Johnny Go, right? Johnny Go, that yeah, year? yeah. What was give people some insight on Johnny Go, man? So, like, just starting off, I mean, I loved my year with Johnny. Like, I had a, a great time, and I was really wishing it would have won a second year, but like. So that was pretty much when Johnny was first starting to dabble in the Cowies. So like the, actually like the race that I got fourth, it was Charlotte and it was my third race as a twins rider. And it was the first race that we actually completed. And it was the first race he let me ride the XR because the first race and second race was Daytona and Atlanta. And he was trying to like make the Cowie an XR when we all know that's impossible. Like, at Atlanta, I completed literally three laps and they were all in practice or in practice qualifying, qualifying because he's tried to rig up like a right hand shifter on it. And every time I would shift it, it would snap. <laughs> so then we came to Charlotte and he was like, all right, dude, you can ride the XR. <laughs> but um, it was a fun year. It, I got, I could have, I could have a whole phone call of Johnny Goat stories and I was only with him for a year. Um, but I know we had, I know I had fun. I know I was probably just a young punk to him, but one of the key moments that I remember, we were like one of the swings and I would just stay with them or, uh, or whatever. Like I would help drive once in a while or whatever the case might be. And we were cooking out either before or after one of the races and, uh, they cooked chicken on the grill. And I remember eating my chicken and I got like one of the metal bristles in my mouth, like from like the, the grill cleaner, you know? Oh yeah. And I remember telling Johnny, like, cause Johnny and Sarah both eating chicken with me too. And I remember I'm like, Johnny, there's, I just got a metal thing stuck in the roof of my mouth and that chicken. And he goes, yeah, we'll get another piece then. <laughs> and I just, do a tea, that's Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, absolute legend ever. Um, I have, man, I have, I have a lot of funny stories of Johnny too, but I mean, the fact that you got to, you got to ride for, for Johnny is really cool to put on your resume and those experiences, you know, that the results just really aren't as important as like the experiences, like, man, you know, the year I rode for yeah. Johnny go, that's just really cool to kind of to talk about. And yeah, that was like a really, like that time frame was a weird, it's like a weird transition. Cause that's when like, I mean, the Indians were, they were coming in and 
a lot of cowies were still floating around. The Indian, yep. Yeah, and you were you were riding around on the XR. No, nobody knew really what was the best bike at that point. Like going into that year, there was so exactly. much hope for so many different brands. I mean, fuck, dude, I I had some really cool, really good Kawasaki's that I was I was stoked on going into that year, and I found out real quick. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just struggling on these things now. Like literally five months later, the same bike I was finishing on the podium with, they were. It almost felt like they were obsolete. Like I just, I just started struggling, and man, the landscape changed so much, you know, oh, in yeah. that in that time frame. So, but you were, you know, you won Twins Rookie of the Year, and then that off season, you went back to a single. So, you know, that was that was scrutinized a little bit. I mean, yeah, but, but that was kind of when that first started becoming a thing too. Yeah, and of course, I had to lead the bandwagon. No, I was the same. I did. Oh I yeah, also you did, did the same year. Yeah. And I got hammered yep. more than you. I mean, anything I do, I get, I mean, fuck, Definitely. dude, I could do anything and I get hammered for it. But, but back then, and then like literally a couple years later, everybody was doing it and nobody fucking cared. It's like, okay, well, when we did no. it, everybody was pissed. And, you know, so that was, anyway, that was, we were the pioneers of kind of quote unquote dropping down, but yep. talk about your options that year and maybe give the fans a little bit of insight on, I mean, it's not necessarily what riders want to do um it's not and everyone immediately soft-minded fans and people think oh it's cherry picking and you know it's this and that but at the end of the day i've talked about it a bunch you got to look after yourself you got to do what's best financially some things just aren't fucking feasible like yeah we all want to ride a twin we all want to you know race fast good twins at the top level but it's just hard to put those rides together, especially now, even, you know, then for sure, but now too. So talk about that, how that decision was kind of made. So like, and I was like, I really wanted to, like I said, I wanted to ride for Johnny go to second year. And it was super frustrating for me because I guess we kind of went into the, the deal, like kind of, I thought on the same page, but not really like, I, I was under the impression that he wanted like a couple year guy and stuff. And we had so many good close finishes. Like I remember the Springfield mile that Sammy did well, like on Essence and Yamaha, he got like third or fourth or whatever. Like I literally passed him for the lead on the last lap at Springfield mile and my bike shut off. So like we had so many good races that could have been even better. Um, so like going into the off season, I like, we didn't talk for like a little bit, like just kind of the first month, just, you know, debrief, just having like a little bit of an off season. <clears throat> didn't think I had anything to worry about. And when we had our first couple of phone calls, I soon found out that that was definitely not the case. And he pretty much put it in terms of like, if he couldn't find like an A guy that I wouldn't have a ride, but if he could find like at the time, like he was a Jared Mees guy still, you know, he still thought he could have a caliber guy like that. Um, so if unless he found a guy like that, that I wasn't going to have a ride. So obviously I was like, I kind of knew like, I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. So I'm not going to have a ride. So I soon just kind of not gave up, but just like lost hope on it and just literally picked up the phone, called as many people as I could. And I beat down Richie Morse's because some, I don't know about you, but like somehow, sometimes I get like the, like, I don't know what you call it, but like, you can kind of sense where your best option is going to fall or what your best chances, where they're going to lie. So like, for some reason, something told me that like, if I was going to be able to get a ride, it was going to be for Richie Morris because I knew Vanderquay probably wasn't going to ride for him. 
Um, and obviously I knew Shayna probably wasn't going to either that year. So I was calling him for, for a twins ride. And I called him and called him and called him and he just kind of beat around the bush. And then one day, two, probably three weeks after I last called him and it was getting deep into the off season, um, him and James Hart called me on like a group message and or a group call and basically said they didn't have a twins deal for me, but they would have a deal for me if I would be cool with riding a 450. So first phone call, obviously, I'm like, man, I've been busting my ass trying to get on a twin for all these years. Finally do. Now I'm going to end up riding a 450 again. So I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm cool with that. This, that, him, ha. I spent two days and I'm just sitting in bed. I remember at the time, like, just sitting there watching TV or whatever. And I'm like, at the end of the day, I just want to race. Like, I want to ride a motorcycle. Does it really matter? Am I really going to not go racing because it's not on a twin? So then I, the next day I called him and I was like, dude, you want to go race four fifties? I'll go try to win another championship. And that's kind of when I started going for that goal to be like the second guy to win the singles championship, you know? So like, yeah, like I said, the end of the day, I just came to my, the, the end of the day, it was like ride a motorcycle or not. And obviously we all know where you choose, where I choose, where we all choose. And that's to ride a motorcycle. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, obviously that's good perspective. And, you know, I think that was probably your best decision. Like, do you try and grind out riding a twin? That's not good. You know, you're floating around in the back. It's not fun. Or do you ride a, you know, a single that at the time it was, pro- you know, it was proven that they had a pretty solid team, yeah. et cetera. So, yeah, so that was a good decision. I wanted to talk about <laughs> the crash heard around the world at Atlanta 2018. Oh Gave it still gives me PTSD. Honestly, that crash, and I'm, I I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overconfident or whatever. But going into that year, I actually felt really good on the single. Um, I didn't love those. I don't know how you felt, but I didn't like. Okay, I'm gonna be fucking honest. I hated the 17 Honda. I hated it. And we tried all winter. Oh my God, dude, you are preaching to the choir. <laughs> Where's so, motorcycle letter belt? <laughs> yeah. So I hated it. We tried all winter. Like I lived at the Robbie Bobby compound. I fucking slept in bunk beds in his house with my wife and kid. Uh, Cruz and Amber were on the bottom bunk. I top bunked it for months. Try just grinding out, trying to, trying to work and, and make those bikes work. Uh, so going into it, like I felt pretty good on that bike. Like we got decent on it where I was riding it pretty well. And then Atlanta took every confidence I had out of that class. And I was just not the same after that class. So, or after that race, sorry. So we come off turn two in the semi and you literally just loop the bike around backwards in front of everybody. Like you were in, I think you were in second or maybe the lead or second looped it around off turn two and just complete carnage. One of the most carnagey crashes you'll ever see. Uh, guys were flying everywhere. I got, I'm like off the throttle trying to avoid the crash. Like I saw it coming pretty quick and I got ass packed by Tom, Dick and Harry behind me, like just (laughs) muscled off my bike. I'm trying to hold on. I'm flipping through the air, um, whatever carnage. And then like, there was like 12 guys in the crash Nobody else tried to line up, but me and you. So we're on the fourth row. I don't have any brakes. My brake line snapped in half. I had a broken wrist. My wrist was just fried, like black and blue from my hand to my elbow. 
and I'm on the starting line. I look over at you and you just got run the fuck over by 69 riders. And you look at me and you're like, man, I can't believe I didn't get run over. I was like, I, I didn't say anything. Cause I was, I was hurting. I'm like, I think he did. I'm pretty sure I saw him get run over. And then, and then I, I watched the video that night. I'm like, bro, he got ran over by three people. It's not honestly not funny, but just like the, no. fact, that, the fact that you, but I remember doing that. It's like, like I, I literally remember getting on the line, like kind of just like one of them stupid cartoon moments, like brushing myself off. My shield got blown off. Like everything was just mangled. Like my crotch was ripped open, like everything. And I remember pulling up next to the couple guys that lined up, like I said, you and whatever. And I know you're hurting. Like I can just see it in your face. And I look at you and I'm like, man, I can't believe none of you guys ran me over. And you guys kind of just like cocked your head looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was a tough tough weekend. Thankfully, everybody That's was tough. generally okay. Um, if you watch the crash, it was gnarly. Like dudes, Cameron Smith literally did a backflip like on his bike, and guys were smashing yeah. off the wall, and it was complete carnage. But everybody generally, besides a few bumps and bruises and broken bones, everybody got up and walked away from it. But <clears throat> golly, man, that. And then I, I hated that track ever since then, and I even won there like later in my career, and I I still like that that place was like a high speed roller derby. So, but, um, year, obviously Honda has ruined all confidence that I've ever had. And like picking my feet up and getting back on the seat, coming off a corner. It yeah. has ruined every ounce of that confidence on a, on another four fifty. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's crazy. I've heard that from a lot of people, the 17 and 19 Hondas. And I honestly, I, I haven't liked any Honda I've ridden since then, but I still got my 2010, my old girl in the, in the garage that I still pull out Same here. And she's, she's a bad bitch, man. I, I love, I love that bike, but it's, it's just like 13 years old now. So it's not, it's not super. I got my own nine still, my, my championship bikes, the only Honda I'll ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, but yet you, you had a pretty good year, honestly. Like obviously you went on to finish. I think you were runner up that year. Is that right? Runner up in the points. Yep. I got second to Bromley. Bromley. That's right. Yeah. I mean, all things considered, it was uh, a solid year for you and, and got second. Um, so yeah, solid year. Uh, I have, I'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit. I actually have so I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick up on 2019 into your Royal Infield, but I have a special guest on the line for you, Wellesy. He's gonna kind of join this conversation, and I don't know if he has some questions for himself or not. But do you have any idea who it might be? I don't know. I don't know. It could be Chambers, maybe. I don't know. Uh, who's good on the guess, line? Dude. Good guess. <laughs> good guess. No, uh. Yeah. What up, bro? What's up, dude? Yeah, it's uh, we've had uh, we've had some people want Noah on the pod, and I told Noah that you were you were coming on as my guest, and he's like, "Yo, let me call in. I, I want to ask him stuff and and join the chat." So we got a. Uh, Little Chambers chimes in with the with the Wellsy pod. Love it. If when I when I heard when I heard it was you, I said, "Dude, you gotta call me, my boy. <laughs> Get me in there." Let's. Uh, I mean, I just had a dip into it. No, I had like, a give bunch me... of questions about the new bike, dude. I mean, give me the scoop. Give me the, give me the rundown on that thing. I don't know. You <clears throat> you guys may have already talked about it because I kind of just got on here. I don't know, but um, how is that thing, dude? No, we haven't. It's 
man, I am seeing it's good because I haven't ridden twins in a little bit. So obviously this bike is like completely different, I think, than any of the bikes currently out there. Obviously it's an air-cooled bike, but man, I love riding it. It's it's super fun. Um, And I think that like the potential is huge, but like actually physically riding it, it's definitely the pretty close to the best that I've felt physically like on a twin like why when you're actually sitting on it and riding it and like just putting in laps <clears throat> but we're just man it's just it's crazy like everything with a two rider team and it's their first year doing it um we're just like trying to get everything together to have like multiple things to be able to like go and do testing and stuff so I'm I'm pretty much just riding the bikes at this point yeah and I mean that's the um that's a fairly new bike in AFT, right? I mean, when did when did Johnny start racing that thing? Two years ago? A year year ago? COVID year. I think like three, 20. three four years ago. Yeah. yeah, twenty. Okay, but still, but still, well, relatively new. So there's not there's not like a ton in R and D like the rest of these bikes. Well, he's the only guy that's ridden it. That's the thing. It, yeah. So so I'm assuming almost like every weekend is kind of like you're building more, you're learning more, you're you're figuring out how that bike handles rides you know the power and everything so each each weekend um is that kind of how it's been do you feel like you're you're gathering more and you you can just kind of build upon that yeah and i think and like another i was thinking about this earlier too like because like i said we haven't been able to do much testing and i haven't really been able to ride the bike except for at the nationals so like another hard thing is too like i'm basically hopping back into well not basically i'm hopping back into the twins class and now i'm hopping into it against like the baddest dudes like obviously there was like the few like badass dudes in the in the production twins class but at least it was like a good way to get your feet wet and like you could be a mid-pack guy just trying to you know get used to the twins and stuff like that but like I just I'm trying to learn a new I'm trying to learn new everything basically and I think that's like the hardest part for me right now but it's not hard because it's like I'm with a team that's totally like cool with it so I don't know it's pretty good for me Wellsy, what uh, what do you think? You know, you mentioned the the level the Twins guys are at right now, and a lot of fans they they like to compare, you know, the Scott Parkers and the Chris Cars to the Jared Meeses and Briars and and things like that. I don't think the fans, because the quantity of the riders is so low. I mean, we don't have full grids, but you know, you're in the mix. Like you've raced really good guys, you know, six eight years ago on Twins, and you've been around a long time. What's the level like right now in the twins class, especially the top guys? I mean, what what do you what do you think as far as the the talent goes? Man, me personally, I mean, people can say whatever they want about the quantity or whatever, but those dudes are I don't know how you could ever say that they're not as good or or anything like that because I mean, I'm a big Dallas Daniels fan. <clears throat> I think everybody knows that. And I don't know how you can say that that kid couldn't rise to the occasion on any given day in any generation pretty much and obviously jared Meese, briar they're all badass but like looking at it from like that kid he's like new generation um you can't get any newer than him basically right now and it's like who do you think he couldn't eventually beat? you know i guess that's how i've been looking at it lately and guys like jared like people rise to the occasion when they need to you're telling me that Jared Meese put in the generation of those guys like the Scott Parkers and everything like I don't know I guess I just think that everybody races against who they're racing against you know I I agree yeah I agree no I 
it's just something that people like to debate. So, uh, yeah, but yeah. <clears throat> getting into a, a little bit of that. It's crazy to late. see how they race now. Like, even, like, compared to when I was twins in 2017 compared to twins now, so different. Because, I mean, I was – I mean, the guys were even different just a little bit back then. And it's, like, there's a becoming, like, a transition, it almost seems like, of how – people get after it on four fifties. It's not quite that way on twins. Like there's definitely more, I think like race craft and stuff on the twins and stuff like that, but they're going for it. It's nuts. Yeah. I wanted to talk about now that Noah's on the pod, I want to get some fun. Good. I mean, I don't know. You guys are both wiped up, man. You guys are man schmoozing, but I want to get, I want to hear some good Florida stories. Like, I mean, what, what can we talk about? what can we talk Be- about? Before, Noah? before we get to some good stories, I do want to say one. I want to touch on one thing that Well said is the level of talent right now, and I'm right on board with that. I mean, and it's not just not just in the premier class. I mean, if you look, even look at like guys like Maxwell, Cody Costa, kids that are up and coming that will be into the you know the twins class within the next few years, dude. Like the talent pool is so deep so deep so anyone that thinks that like it's not is, is just crazy i mean yeah. you kind of get the same thing in moto guys that like used to like qualify for nationals back in the day and they're like oh like you know um kevin winham he was going just as fast as home mac and i'm like yeah like you know it's some people just kind of like just stuck in the old ways but i, I don't think it's helpful now than ever. yeah they just they just don't understand yeah not just crediting one, but you know what i mean yeah, and I've talked about it before. I think I think the top eight nine guys in the singles are absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, they're they're very very good riders, and you know they they train and it it's the level's great, man. I'm enjoying it as a fan. I wish we obviously we had more more riders out there, but it's it's been a really cool really cool deal so far. And and I like I said, Wells, yeah, I do have a couple more questions once we get after uh you know yeah. get over it, but. What, uh, what, what can we talk about? I mean, what's, what's allowed? I was like, I was like off the grid kind of, I mean, I kind of came down here with like, I mean, obviously a purpose. I had a, a rough couple goes at it the past few years. So, I mean, and being where I'm at, like, like I said, I'm off the grid, off the grid. So I got to travel. Like we have a little private beach in Claremont. That's like 25, 30 minutes away. Um, but man, I didn't do like anything i didn't even get to golf for the first time until like last weekend it was the first time i golfed since i came down here january 8th you're still down there too vine <laughs> yeah i'm down here now for another week you're, and then i'm gonna have you oh then you're coming back up yep yeah yeah i yeah. um it's funny you say that because i didn't you know i kind of i got down there late and i didn't spend much time down there like i had in the previous years mainly because the weather up north wasn't really like a traditional winter, it was kind of, kind of mild. So I was still able to ride a bunch, but even when I was down there, like, yeah, you were, you were, you were off the grid, man. I didn't see you at all. Well, and it made it pretty hard. Cause I mean, like I, I've told people this, like, and I know like talk, talk or whatever, but man, I just like <clears throat> refound this love and riding motorcycles again and just training and just been really enjoying it. It makes it really hard to leave and like branch out when there's literally three flat tracks and like a full-blown motocross track that i can see from my camper so it's yeah. pretty hard to like venture too far yeah if you have a good setup and a good facility like something that works for you man why leave exactly and it's free so 
Yeah. Perks perk for the job. Perks for the job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, going back though, before, before you guys all kind of nestled in here in your mid twenties, but you know, there's been, you guys had, you've had some, some nights of fun, right? I mean, you and, you and Noah. Oh my God. You, you me put me Chambers. Like, my poor van was never the same after the night that I hung out with Chambers. We got all fired up. We're going to go out, go have a couple beers at the bar, probably a few too many. And he was telling me that I couldn't smoke the tires off on my diesel van at the time. And sure. They're like, you just got the van. You were talking it up. You're like, yeah, I'm fired up. Got this hot tune. And like, you know me, like I'm a fuck. I'm kind of a fucking hillbilly. Like we live up here in Pennsylvania. Like everyone's got big ass diesel trucks. And, you know, I don't have one. I had a van, but like a diesel van, but you know, I, I love that shit. So I'm like, yo, Vine. I'm like, Smoke him up, man. Smoke him up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And tell him what happened, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, so I get him smoked up, and they really smoked, and that rear end was gone, and my van was freewheeling like a son of a gun. <laughs> we literally had to – well, yeah, so we had to – we were trying to push my van off the road, and then a cop pulls up behind us, and we're the only gas station inside – because I'm in the middle of the road. Like, this thing didn't even spool up, I don't think, and the rear end was just gone. Like <laughs> neutral park, nothing worked. And oh. we were trying to push it uphill. A cop comes and helps us. And then we had, we had to get, uh, it was Gary, right? Came and got us. I think. No, I think was Gary it Tito? No. I don't know. Actually, I think it was Gary that picked us up. Gary Boyle came and got us in his van and we had to put the bikes in the back of uh, his van to come back to Corey's house, I think. <laughs> all i know is when noah showed it was like the next morning when noah showed up and he had glitter all over his body oh that's like, a different night that, that that's was, a different we were story it. that's when chad was like no we were at maloney's i, I was gonna say maloney's. maloney's yeah i don't know if maloney let him stay there but chad just kind of like i think crawled through a window and unlocked the front door and was like hey everyone can he's like Noah, you, you got you guys can come here like it's cool so we were all chilling over there and yeah like i remember coming back the next morning hungover smelled like i don't know like coyote ugly and, and a bottle of whiskey <laughs> it was coyote ugly and- that's what it was too and i remember because for some reason maloney had like a whole flower vase just filled with glitter <laughs> and every single ounce of it ended up on chambers yeah. yeah and i went to a race that like that was the same year i went to a race one weekend and I get back and I had a bottle of wine that was at my house and you fuckers drank it. And I'm like, who drank my wine? And Noah didn't want to admit to it. I'm like, I know you assholes drank no, my no, wine. No, no. That's the night of the no, van, probably. The one, the one that I wouldn't admit to was when you, you got, you, you Amber and Cruz went somewhere. You came back and there was, there was a, um, a natural light box in the, in the, <laughs> in the dumpster. And you're like, you guys had a fucking party. I know you did it. And like, we didn't, we didn't at the time. You're like, I can see the bot, like the beer box out there. I know it's, oh, I remember that. Like, it really wasn't from me. And I'm like, no, dude, like, we didn't have a party, I swear. And then you got all pissed off and you were like, no, n- now you're lying to me. I'm like, no. Dude. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, yeah. Good, Mine good. and Chambers is we did, best we did drink the wine. But I didn't. We definitely didn't have a party. Mine and Chambers' best story is with Spoli, <clears throat> and we right. went out just in like a small town Deland. That was when he had to go racing the next day with you, I believe. 
That's when and I was giving it a James, That's probably the first time I ever seen James like really, really let loose. Um, and we had to get picked up and everything. I ended up trying to run through a checkers drive through and busted my head. And we, yeah, it was a rough one. That was a rough one. That's when Tito picked you guys yeah. up, right? Is that that's is when that, Tito that picked us bad. up? Yeah. yeah. That was bad. Wait, was that the Ocala? Was, was that the Ocala then? That's yeah. the famous Ocala, the famous Ocala picture with me like hanging outside of my van. And I you say you say something to me. You're like, you just don't learn, do you? And I'm just like, man, I'm like really hurting, Corey. Well, I think I apologized to you. I said, I'm sorry. And you said, <laughs> Don't fucking apologize to me. <laughs> you saw the fear of God, man. <laughs> You had like celery sticks or something. You were laying on the ground next to your van at Ocala uh, eating celery. You look like you're going to die, but got a, got a podium. Went on podium. The I, team. I actually wrote, I turned it around and wrote okay. Winners win, baby. I think baby. a video of me coming off the track and like, I think it was probably the first time. I, I think it was the fir- after the first like heat race or qualifier thing. And I kind of like spun off the line and I just like throw my goggles and shit. And you're like, what laughs, dude? It's Ocala PT. <laughs> I tell you what, people can you say whatever what they want. People can say whatever they want. I'm not saying I recommend it, nor would I do it again, because now I'm starting to feel these night afters or whatever. But I've done some pretty damn impressive things at some nationals after a few too many beverages the night before. And I'm not saying it's a good thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. Not saying I'm proud of it. But damn, I've seen the podium a few times <laughs> like feeling like that. So I I think it's I actually don't think it's a bad idea to uh to and maybe this is frowned upon, but uh to actually have a few drinks, kind of get slightly hung over and then go train the next day. Like I've I've said it to people where it's like, you know, some days you just have to It's only gonna make it harder, right? Yeah, you gotta know what it feels like. You're not always gonna feel like traveling and jet lag, you're not always gonna feel hundred percent when you travel to these races, you know, so you got to learn how to exactly. gotta learn how to dig, fight through it a little bit, you know? So that is a, that is a damn good point, Corey, Amy, grab me a beer right now. Come on. My favorite story for that is I'll just let this one out. This is probably one of my like more PG ones of them. But so Chad, I went, we were at, it was when we raced Calistoga in 18, hadn't won a race yet that year, just was getting my ass kicked kind of all the first half of the season or first few races of the season or whatever. And me and Chad found a margarita taco Tuesday, one of them deals or whatever it was, but it was on the Friday night, obviously. And for some reason, Richie thought I should be able to stay with Chad the night before a race. So, (laughs) um, we had way too many margaritas, went to Calistoga and that was the first race that I won. Actually, that was the only race I won in 2018. So what's that telling you? (laughs) What did you, when did you go to bed that night? Uh, I was always pretty good about making sure I was in bed by at least like one or two, but okay. even still, that's not great. You know, yeah. like I, but I've never been like, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty like, even like in my hometown, like when I'm like hanging out with friends, when it's not race season or whatever, like I'm the guy that will sit down in a chair and like be drinking a couple of beers or whatever and just fall asleep. So I'm not like a stay up all night kind of guy anyways. What's the, uh, Dude, between between Noah and, and Wellesley, what do you think the latest Chad stayed up before night four race? You think he's a little, li- Chad, little I'm bit? guessing probably. <laughs> no, I, I know for I a don't fact know. there's races seen, where he's just I mean, stayed you guys, up. <laughs> some races kind of start late, right? Some races, like if 
if racing starts at like 10 or 11, I guarantee you that that fucking guy has seen the sun come up, come up and been like, okay. Like, yeah, I definitely know. Up, you know. He's definitely never not gone to sleep. But I don't know, Chad. I don't know. He's I don't a- know. I haven't like gone. I've tried to like evade myself the past two years of going out. And that was kind of like before that, Chad didn't like go out, go out. Like he would go out, but he wouldn't like send it. So I don't know. Hey man, these are the stories I mean, that people are gonna want to hear. Like you can't have Wellesley on the pod and not talk occasion. about those days. If I, for sure. Oh no! I called dude. him up right now and was like, "Dude, I'm I'm in town. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to get nasty." He would rise to the occasion. He would, and I I have full, actually full faith in that. He he would not leave me hanging. And Wellesley, he probably would too. I mean, he would too. You know, Corey, you'll appreciate this story. So <clears throat> in 2015. Um, I was staying, well, I was supposed to be staying with, um, the Johnson family in Daytona before, like the nights before the national and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was the first race I'd ever gone to, like without my parents, like freshly 18, you know, like first race I'd ever really like national I'd ever gone to by myself. <clears throat> well, that was also the same Daytona trip that I met Adam Neese. Oh and boy. <laughs> somehow or another and i hadn't hung out with like hayden gillum or miles thornton in freaking years probably <laughs> since like 85 literally i i know the year yeah like I- so so we all end up in a hotel like the sickest hotel you can get in daytona like have this like with multiple rooms in it whatever because adam was just flexing like adam does and i remember the night before the national i don't know if it was night one or night two but I remember waking up in Adam's hotel and my gear, it had to be night one because my gear bag and everything was still at the Johnson's hotel. I woke up way too late, ran two and a half miles down the beach to get to the Johnson's hotel to grab my gear bag and head straight to the track. <laughs> uh, that year, I remember like quite well because I actually had dinner with like Hayden and Adam Neese. It might have been you too. We had dinner at uh, Jimmy Buffett, whatever it is, uh, Margaritaville and you guys, I mean, they were getting after it every single night and, uh, hated every single night, every night, like all night. I mean, it was like spring break during bike week, which it's not a, not a good thing. I was but... on spring break. I wasn't even there for the races at that point. Well, that's what I mean. Like Hayden Gillum brought he brought his bicycle and like we had planned, we were going to ride bikes and things like that. I'm like, bro, you touch your bicycle. He's like, not a shot. I'm like, yeah, dude. We literally had to go find Hayden's phone on, find my iPhone one time. And we found it in the bushes in front of a random hotel, like miles away from our hotel. And look at him now, man. Miles is doing well. He's got a got a wife and a kid, and Hayden's got a wife and a kid. And yeah, man, it's uh, you're you're super focused and dialed in, man. And it's cool to see. Like it's it's fun to talk about the the get after. Days, I definitely man, think but... you need to do that. Like you definitely like. Ha- I, I just I feel like if I didn't do it, I would have never have like been able to fully just like go all into like committing to training and stuff like that. Um. I mean, obviously, like at the time, I was like, "Man, I gotta quit doing this." Like, I'm messing up big time. But obviously, I think I think every kid needs to just go through. It. And I think like like Dalton explained a few years ago when he was like making his like return to AFT, AFT or whatever, and he was like, "Man, I had to go be a kid for a year or two. And I'm like, "Man, I get that kind of, you know? Yeah, gotta live a little. Yeah, and I, I I don't disagree at all. I think you can get burnout really quick. I'm not saying you need to go out and get sloshed and find a bunch of chicks every night, but dude, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta live that live that life a little bit. Um, 
but it's all about how bad you want it to. Like when it's time to time to dial back in and, and get focused, it's, you know, it's, it's something you got to make those sacrifices where a lot of these kids, you know, they don't go to prom. They don't go to, you know, they don't hang out with their friends. They're living the dream every weekend. And it, it, it gets tough, man. You, I mean, you're, you're in a, a van traveling across the country to a flat track race and just putting in the work and you see your buddies on Snapchat or Instagram and, you know, they're, they're at parties, hanging out, having so much fun. It's, it's hard to, to see that. And, you know, it's stuff that yep. I think about as well. It's like, you know, I had some fun for nights, sure. don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's, it's, it's like, damn, like you're missing out. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it's one that was of definitely things. the hardest part for me. Like when, when I kind of started to get like the bad rap or whatever of, you know, not taking it seriously and stuff is, I think I just, not blame it but definitely kind of blame it on like the fact that yeah i didn't get to finish my couple years of high school didn't go to prom was supposed to be captain of the wrestling team my junior senior year didn't do that didn't go to a single high school party like that stuff like once you get to a certain point it's just like man it's like you you just look at all like you said you look at all that stuff and you're like man i kind of want to do that a little bit but then you gotta make sure don't get out of hand and that's definitely what i started to do so What's your program like now? Like obviously you're Yeah, sorry, I cut you off. No, what's your what's your like program now, Wellesy? Like I know you you run quite a bit. You're a really good runner and you put in the work. You're at Johnny's compound. I mean, do you guys have fun? I mean, I know you have fun, but like what's what's the fun look like and what's the training look like and how do you balance it? Um, I mean, I grew up with Johnny. Like, I mean, we were <laughs> me and Johnny have some some really good stories, man. I don't know if he's told any to you, but we we go way back and we've had some. He's fun opening nights. up day by day. Yeah, we've had some fun some fun nights, man. You got to ask him about the night that I broke a I broke a ceiling fan in my in my guest room. You got to just just bring up the say, hey, what's what happened the night Corey broke a ceiling fan in the in in the pool house? I ask him about that. But yeah, anyway, I I grew up with Johnny and you know, um, he, he likes to have fun as well. It's just different, different dynamic as we get older. So what's that look like right now yeah. for you? I've always been pretty good about like training. Like I, that was one thing I, I think that like made me not think I was doing anything wrong by partying or doing whatever I was doing was because no matter what, I would still wake up at eight in the morning and do my four mile run or do whatever. Like the year I rode for Essendon, I would never miss the gym in the morning. Like I would always make sure I got myself together enough to go do the work that I was supposed to do. And it made me not feel guilty. <clears throat> but the thing that I've like struggled the most with was diet. So that's probably the biggest thing that I've worked on this winter, but like having fun now, it's so crazy. Like what fun is to me now, like <laughs> I can have fun now. Like me and James have like, like our personalities together are super fun. So like me and him will do workouts and it'll be like the most fun thing that we do. Like just the way we talk to each other and, the stupid shit we do when we're working out makes it fun for me. And, but I'm a, my, my biggest activity now is I like to golf. So call it what you will, but I like to golf. And now Johnny, Johnny and uh, where he's been like in what he's going to do next winter mode the past couple of weeks. So he's like firing off these texts to me sometimes and at night or whatever. And I don't know if you guys saw the video on Instagram, but he wants to literally make like a top golf setup on top of one of his shipping containers, hitting it out like over the motocross track. So yeah, I I tell you what, there's one person whose brain doesn't stop of like thing. Like he, I think he has so many activities that he wants to do, but instead of doing the activities, he just 
tries to figure out a way to make it to where he can just do them at his own property instead of going to do them. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the video. I was like, oh, well, that, that would be cool, actually, if you could do it. I don't think he'll, I don't, I don't yeah, think he'll he actually make to a top golf, will he? He'll definitely set a platform up there with like the fake turf or whatever. But what I think is going to make it come to a halt is getting the balls back and providing the balls and stuff. But he wants to do this, like, he's got so many good ideas. It's actually crazy, like, talk. I mean, you know, like, but it's crazy, like, hearing it. I've always been pretty good friends with Johnny, but never on, like, a super personal level, like, to where we are getting toward now, I feel like. So hearing the ideas that he has and, like, what he wants this property to become and, like, his um, his desire to, like, help racers like me and stuff like that have a place to be able to like accomplish everything at and not have to go spend a lot of money in a whole bunch of different places is pretty cool to be around yeah yeah for oh, sure is, um, in claremont is, is he lives around claremont yeah the town is center hill but he's like like 20 minutes from claremont like you can hear the guys at alden's and all that stuff like riding from here and he's becoming good, good pretty good friends with sipes these days and like i think they're at dinner right now actually um so they're like doing stuff with moto guys here at johnny's place and stuff so it's it's crazy like the small group of people that are around here that are so good on motorcycles yeah i was watching you know i, I kind of i keep an eye on like instagram stories and the stuff he put up and, and kind of everyone who hangs out down there at at his house and dude it i mean it looks it looks sick like I've never His been moto over track there. But... Being like at a person's like just the one. I mean, him and Trevor Quayle built it. It is so sick. It looks really cool. I think it gets rough and and um, whooped out. Oh, it's and... so rough. It's probably no. You don't like rough tracks, you can dude. On. Can't ride a rough track. Dude, Save your ass. Get, get me started on you, Corey. <laughs> Bail out on freaking Gratz this weekend. I don't know what you got going on. You, don't get me tell me how this guy no 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 hold on a second tell me how this guy trains for two years to be a pro flat track racer we'll say pro t tier pro t tier we get one one day away and he hasn't you have barely raced a flat track bike in three years it's like you're giving up on your dream dude crush my dream who who, who could have known what you could have been noah you know, listen. You could have been that could've guy. Could've. You, you know, know you know, worked. you know what, dude? I'm sure, like all these young kids, like Sathoff and Tom Drain, and all these kids on these factory rides, they're thankful that your dream didn't continue because there'd be no, you'd ha- there'd be one less factory ride on the table. I mean, you'd be, you'd be. Could you imagine Noah Chambers and, and full Essence and Leathers like factory Yamaha? And there sure as hell be one less spot on the podium available <laughs> dude you know <laughs> you guys dude i i honestly i i sometimes i think back to that you know like 2019 or was it 2020 whenever it was when when you helped me a lot, a lot Corey, racing like the, the tts and stuff and it was cool man and i i am i'm super bummed that that like never worked out that i wasn't able to do that race because i was we were going to try to do a few of them and like the process of learning and growing and like you know when i rode a flat track like it always felt like every time i rode it i felt like i was getting better every single time where like 
you know, now like racing like moto, like I do, and, you know, trying for some nationals here and there, it's like, it's tough, man, because it's easy to feel like I get into like a hole, you know, and I can't get out of that hole. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in one spot. I feel like I'm not, my switch speeds aren't getting better or stuff like that. But like on the flat track side of things, I never felt that way. I always felt like no matter what I was doing, I was always progressing because it was so new to me. I was, I was learning every time, which that's the one thing I miss about it. It was, it was so cool, you know? Yeah. The, the, the not progressing thing that that's me, fun, dude. Like it was that's so much packs. fun being able to talk shit. Yeah. Oh, I mean, pretty yeah. much have to like petition for you to get your pro card. Weren't they not going to give it to you? And like Corey basically like went to bat and rallied well, the troops well, to get you your pro card. <laughs> It was Corey, it was Breyer, it was Shayna, a couple I think a couple come other on. people, but like come on, dude. I took well, a hit. I took a hit. Was not, <laughs> I was gonna say I remember Corey I think, went to bat. But I think but I think also I think it was like I think it was a few people just being cocksuckers. You know what I mean? Just being assholes that like didn't they didn't like what me and him were like doing. You know what I mean? And that might sound mean, but like don't care fuck those people you know what i mean like Jeez. we were it was cool man i'm glad Aggressive. it's a shame it didn't work out but i know but whatever. yeah ah, no it, it, it was fun the whole experience of like trying to convince them and i i know honestly I, I mean i don't you you literally had a pro flat track license and <laughs> i don't think you did a single oval i mean technically we were only going to do the tts no no but yeah we if you wanted we did very little Listen, if you wanted to do, let's say, like, Sack Mile, you could have done no Sack way. Mile. Like, you had the fucking exactly. license. Exactly. No so, no I, don't, I don't know exactly. Yeah, I mean, I I was pretty convincing at the time, but, I mean, re- realistically, like, you probably should have no, had a license. On way. paper, you look I wouldn't want to do an amateur mile. <laughs> well, dude, you did Frederick, and... You whole shotted, you whole shotted Frederick in the open amateur class, and I, I watching the riders come around the first lap, and no, you know, first guy, no Noah, second guy, no Noah, third, fourth. Uh, I'm like, where the fuck's Noah? He whole shotted. I'm yelling to like Connolly or somebody. Noah crash, Noah crash. I look back, I hear a bike. Here comes Noah off turn four, <laughs> so far behind. And you come in, I'm like, dude. what happened, dude? You're like, dude. It, this place is terrifying. I'm like, yeah, it's a little, it's probably the worst, worst track to take. It's not just that track. Just even to this day, like I have no problem. Like if you're like, yo dude, do you want to like go buy the TT? Like I'll let you ride my bike. Like that's cool. Even a short track, maybe like I'll, I, I would, I would ride some, but like I have no desire to go as fast as you guys go on some of those half miles and miles. It's just, that's not my that's not my cup of tea, man. I'm I'm that shit's for the birds. We can't say the same about moto because we're pretty much all as as fast as you as you now. So it's yeah. we just that's why I didn't even yeah, see yeah. we didn't even see you at PAX because you already trying know. to get you to come ride moto is like pulling teeth, man. Yeah, get yeah. this dude, Ryan. He um I'm like yo, he's like oh we're gonna go ride on Wednesday. We're gonna go to Jersey. We're gonna go to Jersey. I take off work. I get everything ready. Wednesday morning comes. I text him. He's like, no, nah, man, I didn't, I didn't sign up. Like, you've got to be kidding me. I tell you I bailed, what, that's man. one thing I'm excited about, like having my camper for this summer. I'm going to do some traveling to ride with the boys. <clears throat> I really want to. It's park that bitch in my cool driveway, people. dude. Park that, park exactly. it in my driveway. Let's go. Yeah, I like it. Um, 
Well, Noah, I appreciate you coming on, dude. I'm gonna let you go first because I got a couple more questions for Wellesley before I let him go. But before I go, I do want I do want to ask. Well, I want to ask Ryan one more question. So, what is your ultimate goal this season? What would you like to accomplish before the year is over? For this season, man, I I think I just spent so much time like not feeling like I was racing the guys that I feel like I should like I I want to race like at whether it's mid pack or front of the pack or whatever I just feel like I want to start racing guys and beating guys that I feel like I should be beating like I feel like I spent so much time kind of just in limbo of like not being where I built felt like I belonged because I mean I'm I, I always think that I can still win races what no matter what level it's at I think mm-hmm. I just put myself behind the eight ball for a little bit to where I'm like just been in such a rebuilding phase of needing to get back to that point. And I'm not saying that that's feasible this year, but I want to start feeling like I can be that guy again, kind of. Um, and like I said, whether it's, I'm not asking to accomplish the world overnight, but it would be cool to start going from, okay, well, instead of qualifying 10th, it'd be sweet to start qualifying seventh and get into the top five. Um, but I don't think me seeing the top five is completely unrealistic for this year. So. Um, I think that'd be a cool goal for me if I could sneak in there a time or two or maybe, you know, whatever. You never know what can happen. I don't know what could happen this weekend. Yeah, so Yeah. No, dude, I agree with your racing. <laughs> I know it's not gonna be from lack of trying, which is what's cool. I think I definitely bit my own self in the ass the past couple of years and brought stuff on myself. So for the first time in probably three years, I feel like I'll be deserving of what I accomplished, which is a cool feeling. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, no, dude. I mean, I'm uh, I'm super excited for you to see on this 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 team and this um this bike. You know what I mean? It seems I know you've been working your ass off this year, so I'm uh I'm super excited for you. I'd like to see you grow and 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 do good this year, man. You know I'm rooting for you always. So appreciate it, on, brother. Man. All right, no, I appreciate All you right, coming boys, on, dude. Thanks for having on. Um, good luck. Uh, nah. if you don't like you don't like dirt bikes or motorcycles and fuck you all right i'm out <laughs> well chambers chambers chimes in man that was a, was a good one so yeah man how did i, I think, know huh? how did i know uh yeah i mean either noah or like a chat or i mean honestly it could be a lot of people bro like it could be a lot of people chiming in to to rise to the occasion on the wills pod but yeah dude it's kind of want to echo like a couple more things. I'll let you go, but I kind of want to echo what Noah said and even what you just mentioned up. And that's like the biggest thing I tell these, I tell these guys and I tell these riders and honestly, I tell Chad and James and the people I work with Evan, it's like, dude, at the end of the day, it's not so much about what you accomplish goal wise. Like it's cool to have goals and accomplish them and get the results you want. But at the end of the day, the best, the most for me personally, take it for what it's worth. Anybody listening for me, it's, I gave everything I had, um, you know, at the end of the day, I look back on what I did or what I didn't do. And I did not fucking leave anything on the table. Like I gave max effort during the week, you know, training, riding, you know, I, I did all I can do. And I didn't accomplish a lot of goals I had. I mean, I grew up at the pro races trying to be the next Scott Parker and I wasn't even fucking close. So, but at the end of the day, I'm so happy with the effort I gave 
that I have no regrets. And I think that's kind of what I'm seeing from you this year. And what you just said is, you know, you, you mentioned, I feel deserving of, and I'm not saying it's not me to say if you were or weren't, um, you know, I always think you're a great rider and you put in a lot more effort than people assumed, but hearing you say that it's got to give you a sense of peace of mind where you're not overly stressed on the results. It's more about the process and the effort you're putting in. Is that something that you would agree with? Yeah. And like, I can notice it even just like going home from the races, like, like I said, probably the past three years. And I don't know, like if I narrowed it down, I could probably find a better timeline, but like I go into these off seasons, just like, man, like, I hope I get another ride because I definitely left. I definitely didn't take advantage of the opportunity that I was given in a few instances. So I think that's like the biggest thing for me. And I think that's why like, it's fun for me to do what I'm doing again. Um, Cause that was a big thing for me for a while too. But it's just the fact that like now I feel like if an opportunity arises on the racetrack, away from the racetrack, whatever, I put myself in like a position to be able to, to take advantage of it where before I wasn't, you know, I was just kind of relying on talent and, you know, riding the wagon. But now I've been putting in work and like trying to surround myself with the people that I feel like I should be. And yeah, I just feel like now when something happens, I'll feel like I'll be ready for it. And I feel like it's going to make my, I'm just going to be psyched, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you've mentioned a few people that I have a lot of respect for that are in your corner. I mean, namely uh, Johnny Lewis, obviously I have a lot of respect for Johnny and you mentioned he works really hard and he's dedicated and you mentioned James Respoli a few times and I, He's, you know, not, not a lot of people know it, but he's one of the very few guys in the sport that I even take input from. And it's not because I don't, you know, I feel like I'm too good for input, but I, I feel like he is very, very knowledgeable and uh, knows a lot of insights. Like he'll say something and I'm thinking the exact same thing. So he's, he's a good guy to have in your corner. You mentioned Brent Armbruster, who I'm a huge fan of Brent. Um, I've known Brent a long time. He's helped me out with a lot of things you got a really good team of people in your corner and it's cool to see that transition. I did want to ask you though, what is, um, what's the, what would be the most surprising thing about the Royal infield that if another rider rode it, what would surprise any of the riders about that bike that they might not think just looking at it? Um, so I'll just to use like an example, I would think, and this is just me assuming I guess from what I thought kind of before I got to ride it, it looks like a bulky bike. It looks like a heavy bike, but it is one of the smaller, like feeling bikes. Like you would never think that it's as, it's heavier, as heavy as it is. Cause it is a little bit heavier than a, some of the other bikes. Um, and it feels like not a twin. So this is like the first time I've ever ridden a twin that somebody like, it's not like your traditional Cowie that like a Gordy Chopra or somebody's building in their shop and machining all of the individual parts. You know what I mean? So like all the things that come to build these chassis and stuff are from right from Royal Enfield. So they're all like built the same and built for the bike. Like nothing's different. So it's like, you're almost hopping on like a 450 feeling like brake pedals are good. Like everything just feels structurally sound. So I think that was like a weird thing for me. I've never experienced that before riding Johnny Goat's cowies and stuff like that. You know, everything was just different and built and like flimsy kind of feeling or whatever. So the bike just feels like a race bike, I guess, which is cool for me. Yeah. Different no, that's for me. Way different for me. 
Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's actually, yeah. I mean, I looking, I've, if, so, if there was one bike, I would like to try just to try it. Um, just watching, watching film on that bike, racing with Johnny on that bike for a couple of years. Uh, I would really like to ride that bike at some point. Um, not <laughs> Johnny, if you're listening, no, I'm not fighting for it's like an opportunity, yeah. but if, if he handed me the bike, I would absolutely, that would be one of the top three bikes. Um, obviously I, I really want to ride an Essence Yamaha twin and there's a couple other bikes I'd yeah. love to, I'd love to try, but Roy, the Royals on the, uh, it's pretty high on the list and the Royal gets a stigma. It gets a lot of shit for, you know, things breaking on it and it's an, it's an antique air cooled bike, but people, people are sleeping on, on that bike. It's definitely, it's takes a lot more work to get it competitive, but it's come a long way. And I think you're, you'll see, you're seeing that. And I know you're going to have better results as the year unfolds, as you get more confidence and things like that. But what, what is your, I don't know how people don't acknowledge the fact that like things are breaking because they're trying to improve it. And that's, what's cool to me. Like I'm cool now. And it's like, I used to get so bent out of shape when stuff would malfunction or break or whatever earlier in my career. But like seeing how hard these guys are working to get this bike more competitive, like when stuff breaks, it's like, they're just like, okay, well that didn't work. But I like seeing like the behind the scenes stuff. And that's, what's cool about being at Johnny's. It's like, well, it only broke because they're trying something different to make it better. Right. Which is sweet. Yeah. It's not breaking because it's lack of effort or maintenance. Like there's spikes exactly. that break because people just don't, they're just fucking around. They're not putting in that work. But when you're breaking because you're trying things, it's a whole different uh, mindset for the rider is uh, it's, you know what I mean? Like you're trying exactly. to long-term make the bike better, but final, I got two more questions, but um, the, the, the last racing related one is, what is your long-term Noah asked you a little kind of, he asked about this year, but going in three, five years from now, where do you see yourself, man? Like, where do you, what do you want to do? Like, like further along the road, maybe three years, five year plan. How long do you want to race for? You're young, but you're not that young. So mm-hmm. what do you see yourself doing in the next three, five years as, as your racing career? And what do you see yourself doing 10, 15 years from now? Like what, what gets you out of bed as far as staying in the sport? Like, what would you want to do? So like racing wise, like I definitely, I mean, I hope to hell I, I see myself still racing in five years. I definitely see myself racing in five years. I into my mid late thirties. I, I, I really hope so. Um, and I don't know if every racer is like this or not, but I've just always been brought up like, and it's like one of the, I mean, now I'm getting back into golf, like Tiger Woods, like I never see a reason to like do something unless like I, uh, think I can still win. So I truly, truly, truly believe like if I keep on the path that I've kind of been getting on and, and like working with the people that I've been working with and stuff like that, I still think that I can make something happen and, and win some races and, who knows? I'd love to be going for a championship again one day. I, I think I can. And I've always told myself that I'll be able to do it when I was younger. Like when I was a rookie on a single and stuff, I told myself that I would one day be a grand national champion. <laughs> Obviously those are few and far to come from or come by. So if it doesn't happen, I'm psyched right now that I know I'll put, I've been putting in every ounce of effort that I can to take those steps to get to that point. And I'm not going to be disappointed if I don't, obviously, but, um, I do believe I can, and I definitely believe I can win some races that in the twins class. So whether that happens, I don't know, 
but I know it's a cool feeling to finally feel that way again, because for a few years there, I definitely lost sight of that. And I definitely didn't think that was going to be feasible anymore. So it's cool to finally feel that way again. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. No. And I agree, man. And it's cool. It's refreshing to hear. And we're rooting for you, man. I'm rooting for you. I've, like I said, I've known you a long time. It's like watching a little brother grow up and, and do, do rad things. So yeah, it's always, like I said, when you're, when you're sneaking up there in the times on that, on that fucking infield, man, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for you. So keep it going, keep it rolling. I did have a non racing related question. It's probably the most important one I have, to be honest. It's a two part question. Um, you want me to answer the other part first because I really do like telling people this too about that question that you just asked. Yeah, absolutely. I love helping kids. Like, is it's funny that me and Johnny get to work with each other and stuff because I've I've always been close with Johnny. Um, even when we weren't close, close, I considered us close because I kind of looked up to Johnny when I was thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I remember our first time racing together was that Square Deal. I was still an amateur and he had just won Daytona or something sick, and I was trying to you know be that kid and got second to him at square deal so when i finally got to help them guys do the ride academy when he was working with hacker and stuff like that like i immediately fell in love with it and even when he's like btr the new btr program that the new girls that came in like kind of auditions for the program or whatever this like this past month like i love it like i almost feel like it's one of those things where it's like obviously i want to do what i say i'm doing too but I love saying things, even if I wasn't able to do them or able to accomplish them. I feel like I kind of know the path or know like the ways or the steps that you should take to accomplish something. And I love that. And like, I think like something that would like definitely get me going after racing to keep me in the sport would definitely be like helping kids or helping like a younger rider or somebody that wanted to like shit accomplish more than I've been able to accomplish, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, and it's, I agree, man. It's, it's a cool, cool dynamic of racing. It's so cool. Yeah. You know, working with Evan and stuff, like it's so sick seeing people like do good. (laughs) Then like, you feel like you were even just like a little tiny part of it, you know? Yeah. And I'm gonna be honest. We rode, we rode yesterday and I'm a really competitive guy. You you probably already know that, but I'm, I'm training Evan to, to be really, really fat. Like I want him to, yeah, like you said, (laughs) do better things than I've done. And he's got a incredible amount of talent and, you know, we're riding yesterday and, you know, there was some times where he was faster than me and I was getting kind of annoyed. I'm like, fuck, fuck it. I'm like, I'm, I'm competitive. I'm like, I gotta be faster. And I'm like, well, if I'm training Evan to like be an overall multiple time, whatever, you know, have the best career possible, then, you know, it's okay. Like I'm doing, mm-hmm. I'm doing my job coaching him if he's already whooping my ass. So now it's, it's Not definitely exactly. a, a cool dynamic, but so yeah, this, the, the, the important question I've been holding off to the end here. Um, it's two part question, <laughs> favorite Harry Potter movie and favorite Harry Potter character. Uh, going with the movies Harry- over the books, because have I haven't read, read a single book to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm not a book guy. I've never been a book. I think I could count on one hand the amount of books, which is actually something. Ah, uh, you got to read, dude. Not Reading to get stuff. off track, but like I've been looking at like that 75 hard thing or or whatever it is, and I I know that that's a part of it, like reading books. And I honestly want to do that challenge just so I'm forced to read some books. Yeah, because I feel cool. like I'm pretty good speaker and I'm I'm pretty good at talking and stuff like that. So I think reading books like would definitely help me. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm a Potter guy. I gotta go with Potter. I mean, come on. And I Potter's love your favorite characters. character. 
I think so, man. I'm not like, and I was thinking about this earlier because I knew you were going to ask me Harry Potter questions. Like, as much of like a diehard I am, and like I love it, and like I know a lot of things. Like the, when you talk about it, you know so much more about it than I do. Yeah, it's actually like upsetting. <laughs> well, I read the like books. I school everybody that I know about it. Yeah, yeah, I read. So I read all right the books. there. Like reading the books, I feel like would help you learn more. Oh, it's it's a different storyline when you read the books. I mean, you'll you'll read and the I've books, heard and, that. dude. You'll be like, "Holy shit, that's dude, there." You go read, start reading the book. I mean, dude, it's it's crazy how much different stuff, especially like toward the end, like Deathly Hallows, the amount of like detail in the battles that they have at the end. It's it's insane. I mean, you're like you're getting some. I mean, it's kind of hard to read, like the the details and the battles and the wizards that you know it's. It's full on, you know, it's, it's a bloodbath, but I, uh, Potter. Yeah. I mean, everyone likes Potter, I guess, but yeah, but I just like him because like, I liked, so my favorite parts of the Potter movies is like when he has to go back to his, uh, like, you know, his godparents or whatever they are, you know? Oh yeah. The shitty. Yeah. Yeah. The, the like, Dursley, that's my uh... favorite parts of, that's my favorite parts of like the Potter character. Like when he's like makes the, uh dudley's wife or dudley's mom blow up like a balloon and fly away and <laughs> yeah. one of them yeah like yeah. those are my favorite parts of the potter movie like like his character so what's really your favorite like, movie whatever, and like, you have a favorite movie or no <clears throat> um one of the earlier ones not the later ones i've yeah. watched them so I, I i didn't see the later ones until recently i just got the series two years ago i had seen them but not in the correct order so i've only seen like them recently and i think like still like the prisoner of azkaban is probably my, like my one of my favorites yeah yeah that's a good one i like uh i like order of the phoenix when they're just like gathering the army when they're kids and they're just like you know getting their army together and they go and they fight in the the mystery of mad dude it's oh, i get fired up man you you turn that on you i like queue- the goblet of fire too Oh, that's a sad one. That's sad at the end. It just like bums but me out. I like out. the maze section just because mazes kind of freak me out. So. Terrifying. Terrifying. I felt, I felt in it. Yeah. Yeah. You cue on that battle in the fifth movie and you throw on some Thunderstruck ACDC. I'm spitting fire. I mean, I'm fired up. Um, the only thing that fires me up more is when I play the Pokemon um, theme song. I mean, you could play that song any any time of the day. I'm running through a, a brick wall. Like I'm just, I'm just fired up. Uh, <laughs> just pumps me up, dude. Pumps me up. But yeah, man, this has been fun. This has been fun. So you're heading back to New York. I got York. a question for you, real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a question for you, real quick. Fired up. What uh, when you run, are, do you are you running with headphones or not I don't, headphones? I don't really do headphones too much. Um, and it's kind of a stupid reason, honestly. Uh, every every honestly every 20 runs i'll throw one in if there's a podcast i'm listening to in the car and i'm going to run and i want to keep i want to keep it flowing but earbuds hurt my ears and i don't know i've i've heard that from other people too running like any kind of earbuds hurt my ear the only pair that doesn't really hurt is there's a kicker there's a, a kicker it's like the eb 200s um but most earbuds like the apple ones if i'm if i have them in for 10 minutes they give me an instant headache uh and I I don't want to run wearing like the ear like the ear muffs or whatever the hell they are. It's just like too no, much. Yeah, yeah. But no, I I honestly don't like even even my longer runs. I sort of just fucking run. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, 
Not a not so a. So I stopped because I was wearing them. Like I I was like a diehard like wouldn't run without them. And then like I started noticing how much different my performance is without them. Like it it would drop twenty seconds off my average putting headphones in. It's crazy. Well, do you and run like, with your phone or do you have a watch? I run with my phone, but I have like the hidden pockets that are on like the spandex part. So I just put it in there and just go. Well, I will say that when I run with a watch and if I'm like, you know, equal effort, the running without holding anything, like keeping your hands free and really focusing on like your stride and shit, it definitely it, you go way better. Yeah. It's way better. I, but I, like, I, run. I think it's my breathing. Like I started like listening to my breathing too much. So like I've been running without headphones for this since I got down to Johnny's. And like my times haven't been as great, but I definitely noticed a big improvement. Like while I'm racing, being able to control my breathing, like not listening to music. Oh, so I yeah, think I was yeah. so programmed listening to music that when I would put into like race scenarios, I would just like, not well, do you wear to, headphones like, on race day? I know you used to, used to be a headphone guy. I used but... to, but they would fire me too much up. Like I have to like, kind of just stay chilled out now. Go in the first corner and T-bone somebody. Uh... Exactly. Or jump the start or spin my wheel off because I've just ready to, like you said, run through a brick wall. Yeah. And I've never been a headphone on race guy. I like to take in the, take in the moments and like, kind of just like be present in the, in the moment. I like and, to talk to people now, like, and just kind of joke around. Yeah. That's a good vibe to do too. Uh, I just, I think putting headphones on prior to going out, going out and performing, it just gives you a false sense of like, it takes you out of the moment. And then literally exactly. as you're getting ready to put your helmet on, you're like shocked in that moment. Cause you're listening to music. You're kind of just whatever. And then you take the headphones out. You don't have anything to pump you up when you're racing. Like you gotta, you gotta find, exactly. you know, pump yourself up. So I've never been That's a, my point. Like the mid race thing I noticed, like it's been super like different. Like I've been able to actually like take a second in my helmet and be like, okay, you need to just chill out and like breathe through your nose or do whatever. But like when I was running with headphones in, it didn't matter how I was breathing because I couldn't hear it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you start to cramp up and you get a side stitch. Exactly. And you're like, why am I getting a side stitch? Cause I exactly. haven't been breathing for three miles, but yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's cool, man. Well, it was good chatting. Well, as always, man. And, uh, stoked for you, man. Proud of how you're coming along here this season, dude. And, uh, yeah, just looking for good things for you and the team as you guys uh head out the year man appreciate it man i'm glad i finally got to do this i've only had to beg you for like what yeah so you didn't really actually beg me at all it was like it was like I hey, know, what, I know. what am i what am i doing a no you're more than deserving i just, there's a lot of people that i'm like shit i need to i need to i need to get on it i need to spend more time on on the pod it's been uh it's but if hard. there's ever an opportunity to, to sit down in person and crack a land shark or two we definitely got to do that too so well, this this summer when you come up, we'll do uh we'll do some stuff for sure, man. You're yeah. Or we could do a camper edition. <laughs> Ooh, camper edition. I like it. Yeah, man. How is your camp? What's it look like in the inside now? I mean, you've been in it for months. Like, is it pretty? Keep it pretty nice, or? Yeah, because I get freaked out about dirty stuff. Like, so I'm. It's pretty good. Like I said, I don't like traveling around with it a lot. So it's not like if I can't park it for at least four days, I don't think I'd want to take it anywhere. So like long weekends, it's cool, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty basic. I mean, we got some pictures hung up. We got one point. Oh, I have a goldfish. I have a goldfish. That's what we have. Brandy wanted a dog. I said, hell no. Cause I don't like dog hair and too small a confinement. So, so when you took goldfish. the goldfish, when you took the trailer to, 
Sonoya, where did did the goldfish just hang the fuck on in the trailer? I like where <laughs> No, we put the goldfish in like a Yeti cup and then no we Yeah, and then we put him in the cup holder in the truck and he rides with us. And oh then when we get gosh. to the destination, we just put him back in his bowl. No way. He he has a good life. Yeah, he's stoked. That's hilarious, dude. I don't know how he's alive still because we got him three months ago, like at a petco. Just threw him in the bowl we fill it up with water bottles and he is like thriving dude he's the goldfish is built different <laughs> that's yeah animal. he is that's amazing oh man that's awesome all right dude well i'll let you roll this has been a good one and i'll see you here in a, in a week or so dude thanks for thanks for taking the time sounds good man no i, I love talking so you just <laughs> let me know whenever you want me to talk again <laughs> all right brother i'll chat you soon dude all right, later, man. Yep, see ya. Ryan Wells on the pod, man. That was a lot of fun. So much fun. We could have chatted forever. I didn't shout out all the sponsors during the interview. And it's hard to do it during the interview pods because I just don't want to like disrupt the flow of the convo. But these sponsors are really important. They honestly keep us going. Keep they keep Tank Slapping Podcast going. Cause like I said, it's it's a lot of work and it's there's I have so much going on. And I, I want to dedicate more time to the podcast. I have a lot of big plans. I know I've been saying I have more video pods we're working on. So I'm finally back in Pennsylvania where my video guy is. And we're we're looking to do more video pods here in the near future, at least one a month. I want to keep those video pods going. But these sponsors, make it happen. Bell Power Sports, check out their website, bellhelmets.com, to view their full line of products. If you start tank slapping, you got to have a bell on your head. Moto America, Road Atlanta, coming up next weekend. The kickoff for Superbike. Super Sport, Stock 1000, and Junior Cup. And, yeah, Junior Cup. And then we have Twins Cup back, King of Baggers. It's going to be awesome. Road Atlanta is sick. From what I hear, I've never actually been to Road Atlanta, but it seems like a, a really cool racetrack. If you can't be there, you're missing out. But if you're not going to be in attendance, you can watch it live on the Moto America Live Plus. A lot of series have live streaming avenues, and most of them, are subpar. Moto America Live Plus is awesome. Um, they do a really good job with it. The racing is great, but the coverage and everything they do with it for an in-house production is really, really, it's done well. So give them a shot. Check them out. Moto America Live Plus. Dunlop motorcycle tires, 19-inch, 17-inch flat track tires, off-road, street, moto, everything you guys need. Website, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. Doing more for the sport than Every other tire manufacturer combined with their Team Dunlop Elite program and the series and contingencies and everything they're doing, podcasts, supporting. They support so many different people, race promotions, amateur races. Check out their website, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. Their DT4, it's, it's, a, it's, so, it's so good on some of these tracks, man. And that's all I run. It's, it's been great. Jerry, uh, Jerry Stinchfield, love Uncle Jerry, keeps the pod rolling. Love our chats, love chatting with Jerry, but he's a big fan of big fan of the sport, big fan of the podcast. Check out his website, commercialroofsystems.net, with nearly 40 years of experience. Indian motorcycle. Since 1901, Indian motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. I gotta say, my one of my best friends, Ryan Connolly, and his wife, Emily, they just got a scout bobber. They just pulled up on it to dinner last night. Um, Emily actually bought it. She's in there, a hardworking nurse in the icu and she rolled up on a scout bobber well brian was riding it but 
badass bike. I fired it up, did a couple of rev skis in the, in the parking lot of the restaurant. Uh, so I, I need to get, I need to get one of these bikes. They're so awesome. And they do any motorcycle is just doing so much for the sport and just every, every discipline, pretty much Motor America, American flat track, super hooligan racing, and much, much more. And then manscaped check out their website, shave it down, shave it down, speed, less hair, speed, it's power winning manscaped tank slap 20 is the code check out their website manscaped.com tank slap 20 that's a wrap guys long pod good one we're going to keep these rewind pods going keep these interview pods going i have some really good guests still lined up we're starting to flow here pretty well with these interview pods uh we're doing really well you guys are crushing it we're getting way more the last month we bumped up major in subscribers likes comments shares think it's a little bit of me actually taking taking more time to keep this going uh it gets really hard to do this take time out of my day and you guys keep me motivated at these races when you come up and you say you appreciate the pod so a lot of love to you guys make sure you subscribe soundcloud itunes spotify all three go on if you listen on soundcloud go on subscribe on spotify just helps us out for sure a lot of love to the fans love this sport baby we're gonna keep it rolling till next time we out